0: So what do we care if our iPhones and iPads are artificially intelligent? Well, that's the discussion today with Chet and Gary. Let's get with it. Good morning, Chet. And how are you today? I'm doing good, Gary. How are you? Fantastic. So what's the flavor of the day?
1: Well, somebody once told me I needed to be more intelligent. So I figured maybe I ought to be artificially intelligent. Artificially
0: intelligent.
1: Okay, so I think that
0: uh, gives us a big
1: clue of where we're going. Yeah, I I, uh, had uh, some people ask me one time, why in the world do I care? whether or not my iPhone or my iPad is artificially intelligent. And it's an interesting question to answer, so I think that maybe that's something we ought to talk about today and, and try to see if we can't put into words that are understandable by the average user uh, the equipment uh, what we mean by artificial intelligence and why is it important A lot of the new software that's coming down the line uh, is going to require artificial intelligence chips in their iPhones and iPads, which means that some of the new features scheduled for iOS 16 coming out this fall uh, will not run unless they're on a Mac that has Apple's chips that support artificial intelligence. And so the kind of question is, why in the world is that going on, and what in the world does all that mean? What benefit does that have to us? That's right. Why do I care? Why should I have to buy a new machine and stuff? And one quick example before we get into this that kind of relates back to cars. I got to thinking about this and saying that um, in the beginning we had stick shift cars. And then somebody got smart and said, well, maybe we could put synchronizers on the gears so we didn't have to double clutch. And then somebody else had a brilliant idea. He said, well, how about an automatic transmission? You don't have to shift at all. So now, today, most of the cars in the United States, anyway, have automatic transmissions. And uh, the, th- the interesting thing about uh, do I need new hardware and stuff is uh, you can't put an automatic transmission into a stick shift built car easily. Right,
0: right.
1: <laughs> so basically, <you're, laughs> if you want an automatic transmission, you got a stick shift, uh, you buy a new car. Sure. And that's kind of where we are here, that artificial intelligence adds some... Um, Features that automate and take care of things for you, just like the automatic transmission took care of the whole problem of when do I shift and what's this clutch thing that was under my feet, and um, you didn't have to learn all of that anymore. Artificial intelligence can do some of the same things for our PCs and our Macs and our iPhones and and so forth. So what about Siri? Is that considered artificial intelligence? Well, Siri is attempting to understand natural language. In other words, you can say things in many different ways to Siri. Um, And I I find it fascinating that Siri can understand the different ways. For example, I can say to Siri, uh, start a five-minute countdown, and it will start a five-minute timer for me. Or I can say, tell me when five minutes are up, and it will start a five-minute timer for me. So I have some different ways that I can say things to Siri, and it understands because it actually analyzes the natural language. Right now, artificial intelligence software is being used to understand natural language, and it's getting better and better and better at it. There are some test demonstration programs that you can carry on a conversation with that, uh, you know, it's hard to tell they're a computer. In fact, there's a, something called the Turing test. Alan Turing uh, is the one that came up with this idea. And he said that if you were placed in a room, And you were alternately connected between a computer and a human being. And you could ask questions and uh, respond to answers and so forth. And you could not tell whether you were talking to the human or to the computer. Then you passed the Alan Turing test. And, uh, you know, you're basically artificially intelligent. The system understands you. So uh, it's interesting, though, that artificial intelligence is a research area more than anything else. It's how in the world do we make a computer intelligent or act intelligent? And the real key here is the acting intelligent. And what I mean by acting intelligent is kind of like when we were talking about Siri a couple of seconds ago here. um, Natural language processing and understanding natural language. In order to understand natural language, you actually need information that is not necessarily in the statement that you're trying to translate. Right. And that that's where things get really interesting. Uh, and there's a, a couple of interesting examples I saw thrown around. The, the, the statement is, he went to the bank by swimming across the river. And then another version of that is, he went to the bank by crossing the road. And if you notice, you can't tell what kind of bank it is until you get to the last word in the sentence. Exactly. <laughs> So, in that case, uh, there's uh, some relationship between words that, that have to go in there and go back and forth between in order to understand it. You can't just look at one word at a time. But then you also get into situations where you may need some information that isn't in there. And uh, there was always a, a classic example that uh, IBM actually came up with when they started to look at processing natural languages, and it was a story. And he said, three young girls walked down a country lane, saw a field full of cows, a shot rang out, and one of them fell. And then you say, what fell? And in order to answer that question, you need cultural knowledge about the environment where the girls were and what was going on around them rather than anything that's in the story. So the idea is, can we build computer software that has the ability to basically learn? And this is kind of the key point of the current version of artificial intelligence is the machine learning about the environment in which it operates and what that environment contextually brings to the conversation that you're trying to carry on with your system. So anyway, uh, that's kind of where artificial intelligence is right now. And it turns out, though, there's another term being thrown around in addition to just artificial intelligence and that's Artificial General Intelligence, and the acronym is AGI. And the idea here is that we could build a machine that can learn, and we actually have a technology and an approach that has been developed that's patterned on the way the human brain works. It's called neural networks for any of you that want to know the name. That actually allows us to teach a computer as opposed to program the computer. And the difference is that if I program the computer, I have to put every possible variation into the computer code I write. And then I have to look through all those variations anytime anything happens. The other side of it is that's not how we humans learn. We learn through trial and error and we try something and if it fails, we know not to do that again. And if it succeeds, then we do that again more often and that it's the same way that we teach a machine. So we can teach a machine to recognize things in photographs, to understand natural language, but we don't program it as such. We teach it with examples. And artificial general intelligence says, instead of teaching a machine to be or act intelligent in a specific domain of knowledge, we teach it to be a general person, very much like a human being, where you can handle a whole wide raft of things learn new knowledge in a whole lot of different areas and actually change the direction you're going in uh, thought and so forth by what you learn. So artificial general intelligence is looking at that side of it, and that's a long way off in the future. We're, we're just even beginning to understand what that means.
0: So let me ask you this real quick. Um, so like in Siri, say an example in Siri, and you ask Siri a question it doesn't understand. At some point, what you're saying is, like when we don't, under, when we want to find some information, we go to Google, mm-hmm. we look it up. So in the future, maybe Siri would actually do that, do something to, like that, right, yes, and, and give you an answer. It would actually know know to how to do that,
1: right. right? Because it would have learned that that's the approach that it that it has to take. Gotcha. But it is a really detail level uh, knowledge. Uh, for example, it's interesting now that you can actually go out and ask Google to show you pictures of cats. And how does it know there's pictures of cats? It understands that. It understands it's actually able to look at a photograph and recognize a cat in a photograph. It can recognize dogs. It can recognize cars. It can recognize models of cars. How in the world did it learn that? You know, uh, what, what does a cat look like? got four legs it's got right. fur and it goes meow <laughs> not <laughs> too much different from a dog <laughs> yes or it's got fur and a mane and long claws yeah. and it's very large and, <laughs> and yeah. you don't want to be near it, yeah. uh? <laughs> Some of it. so the the thing is that, that we actually show photographs that contain a cat to the software and ask the software, is there a cat there? And if there isn't, then they, and, the cat, and the computer says yes, then we say, okay, computer, you're wrong. And it says, okay, I won't do that And answer again. Uh, if we show it a picture and it says, yes, there's a cat in there and there was a cat in the picture, we say, yes, you got that one right. And interestingly enough, these neural network circuits figure out and adjust themselves exactly the same way the human brain does to learn new knowledge. It's a fascinating thing to look into. Uh, it takes an awful lot of study to understand what you're looking at, and the mechanisms of it are very complicated, but that's the idea. The thing about this is, though, that in order to, for the computer to process a neural network requires some very complex, high-level matrix math. And this is not something that the... Uh, cheap off the uh, wall uh, version of a computer uh, necessarily has the capability to do in a timely fashion. Any computer can process it, but it's whether it can do it quickly or not. So one of the things that's happening now and why it's kind of important that we think about AI when we're buying a new computer is that the computers that can handle artificial intelligence has special chips in them to handle the mathematical requirements of processing neural networks. And so uh, some of the things that we're seeing that are gonna require for uh, iOS 16 when it comes out that are gonna require the newer phones that have the Apple chips in them, it's because Apple has put into those chips that they've designed, or the the, uh, M1s and the M2s and so forth, they're now talking about special areas to handle neural network processing what do we get out of this when we do this? Well, the biggest thing that I see that we get and the most important thing that I think is coming to the table is the software knows how to do something. For example, I can ask Siri to tell me at 10 o'clock tonight that I need to make a phone call. Now, I don't have to worry about, did that go in my calendar where in the world did it go? What application did I use? What format did I put that in? I simply ask Siri to tell me at 10 o'clock tonight to make a phone call. And,
0: that's all and it does it. it. And, it right.
1: and that's all I'm worried about. And I don't have to worry about the rest of it. I can actually ask Siri to send an email. And Siri says, OK, who would you like to send it to? And I'll t- say, OK, I want to send it to Charlie. And he says, I, you have three Charlies in your contacts. Which one of those is it? And I say, okay, it's Charlie Brown. It says, okay, I got an email address for Charlie. What's the subject of your email? And you can tell it, to, uh, you can do this with voice command in, in uh, with Siri. And you say, okay, my subject of the email is just playing around. And it says, what do you want to say in your email? And you dictate the contents of your email. And when you're done, you say, okay, send it. Yeah. I, I don't have to know how to use an email application in order to send that. Or one of the ones that is, uh, Something that a number of people actually know how to do is uh, you can actually tell Siri, uh, tell my wife I'm gonna be 10 minutes late. And Siri sends a text message to your wife. And of course you have to have told your phone who your wife is so that it knows who your Hmm. wife is, but you can actually do that. So that's where you're beginning to see some of this come into play. And you look at some of the features that are showing up in iOS 16 again, and the ability for the system to look at a photograph and see text in a photograph on a sign, and there's a telephone number there. And you can actually look at that photograph, tap where the phone number is, and call that phone number. It's actually reading the text in the photograph itself and understanding that what it's seeing is a telephone number and then using that information to dial the phone for you. And again, so here I am looking at a photograph, and I don't have to worry about what applications are involved or what the mechanism of actually doing it is. All of a sudden, the phone is smart enough to know what I want to do when I do that. And some of the examples I've seen is where people were working on something, and they said, well, let's try that this way. And then it doesn't work quite the way they say. Okay, well, try it this way but they're not really telling you what the original subject was anymore. The computer is remembering the environment in which the conversation is taking place. And again, this is part of this artificial intelligent idea that we're making the computer smarter about the environment in which it operates. Not that I want it to take over my life, but I want it to handle the interface to the rest of the system for me so I don't have to know quite as much. And I think we're gonna see more and more of this coming down the line. And verbal commands are going to get better and better and better. Dictation is going to get better and better and better, as we understand natural language better. Translating languages is already getting pretty fantastic, but that's even going to get better. So that's why I think it's important to us that we understand that computers are complicated, and artificial intelligence is one of the mechanisms that can make them easier for us to use.
0: Well, keeping in mind too that we're probably going to have to keep up with our hardware too, because you know this, like you you speak of the chips, you know, and I'm sure as more advanced it gets, the hardware will get, will get advanced too. So,
1: yeah, and it's interesting. Uh, we're seeing some of that right now, where Siri processing in the past actually recorded the request that you made as an audio recording, <coughs> Send it to Apple and had Apple translate it and send the translation back to you. Now they're moving the translation out to your iPhone or your iPad and doing it locally using artificial intelligence that they put into your local device. That makes Siri much more responsive and faster to use and also a little bit safer because your, your request isn't being sent anywhere else to be processed. So you're right. But, but in order to do that, it takes more memory takes higher speed memory takes that special software that i was talking about there special chips that are that have the capability of doing the internal mathematical processing for all this to take place yeah. but well, we're getting there seems like there's a lot of uh, a
0: lot of technology that's going to be available to us where we won't have to hardly do anything just do a command
1: and that everything will be done for Before, you. That. Well, I mean, uh, you start taking a look at what's being looked at for the um, driver assistance software in modern cars uh, from um, General Motors has software on the freeway that will drive your car. You don't even have to have your hands on the steering wheel. And, uh, you know, it just basically takes over. Uh, Tesla's working on their full self-driving system, which is a general driving solution to drive the car for you with no driver in the car at all. Just say, uh, go to the, go to the, uh, the supermarket, pick my right. groceries up. Right. <laughs> Don't yeah. bother me with the details. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting me there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, we're seeing more and more of this come down the line, and I, I think the rate of acceleration of the uh, adopting of this is just going to continue to increase with some of the newer approaches that are being developed. But I find it fascinating, that the similarity between how the brain actually works and how these neural networks work. It's pretty fascinating. It is fascinating.
0: Well, Chet, thank you so much for giving us all this knowledge on artificial intelligence. I can use all the intelligence I can get, whether it be artificial (laughs) Artificial or or not. (laughs) But uh, with that, we're going to close for the day for this episode, and we'll see you next week.
1: Goodbye, Chet. Goodbye, Gary.